A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Hey guys, welcome back to Swiftish. It's Shelby and Ashley. Yes, and we're here for episode 50 of season two. I honestly have no idea when or if we'll decide to label it a season three, but episode we've been doing this a while. <laughs> 50. Yeah, I know. It's, Second season. Yeah, we we started with Reputation, so now we're on to our fourth album. Yeah, fourth album with the podcast. <laughs> yeah, so we did Reputation, Lover, well, we, we tried Partially. to do Lover. Yeah, almost. <laughs> and, um, folklore and Evermore. Oh, so yeah. Technically, we should be on to season four, but Taylor <laughs> didn't even give us – she like – it was like a cliffhanger, mid-season yeah. finale cliff, cliffhanger, and then exactly. just kept on – yeah, it's the it's the lover, it's the folk lover more less era. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I think when we do season three, it'll be when we have a next album where we can kind of just I don't know, <laughs> relax. So yeah, breathe. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I, it'll feel right in the moment when it happens. It we'll know. Yeah, um, it'll be but, more of a lead up. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> um we also i don't know if it was the if it was the lucky episode last week but we got another uh review we from did a, yes. from a fan it's i i think it's i i quillog i i q i q log <laughs> i q log um but they wrote there are many ts pods out there but i think this is the best combination of analysis chemistry news fun etc great job oh thank you i know it's always nice to see what people gravitate towards with our podcast i feel like it's always funny to see what they what they highlight what they like what they appreciate so always fun to get a review and it's interesting to see what kind of like – I think we have a certain personality of fans that kind of gravitate towards <laughs> us because yeah. I am a part of all these Taylor Swift groups and, um, you know, some people, you know, they're like, like – you know, there's nothing wrong with any other Taylor Swift podcast. They're great. They're all about mm-hmm. Taylor. But they have a, their own little different personality to it, which, mm-hmm. you know, someone can tune into ours and be like, no, like too much rambling, <laughs> yeah. don't like it, get to the facts. Like why is there so much laughing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I, I don't care. And then there's some people who are like, I love this, I love this. So, you yeah. know, all the other Taylor Swift podcasts, it's not a competition at all, but we do have the best fans. <laughs> I know. Listeners, yeah. we don't have fans. <laughs> Listeners, but yeah. I know a lot of I mean, I'm people excited. do cross, crossovers. Like yeah. they listen to, I think it's like Holy Swift. They listen to, right now The Ringer is doing like a – uh, analysis mm. of like album yeah, by every, album every album and, ever yeah yeah so people are doing that so you know, have I, you listened I think to it i haven't listened to it no i am still i've been listening to a lot of dateline a lot of um <laughs> just unresolved, it yeah <laughs> a lot of just a lot of horror podcasts the no sleep podcast i like yeah, i yeah. like to get myself out of my what's going on currently <laughs> until like who's right. dying and who's yeah. writing about well, death well the avery Al- every album ever the Taylor Swift podcast with the ringer I've listened to it it's good it's it's frustrating which I feel like is how you feel listening to any podcast and they're all Taylor fans which I appreciate but I'm like (laughs) they were like talking trash about look what you made me do and I was like (laughs) excuse me (laughs) no can I yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. so it's it's a podcast right and they 
They're just yeah, not a Taylor Swift podcast. They're just in this section. They're doing all the Taylor Swift albums. Well, it was created as I'm sure that they set it up so that they can do this for future artists. But it was set up like this spinoff for The Ringer is a Taylor Swift podcast um, oh, okay. that features Nora, who is a writer and I think does it like a football podcast for The Ringer, but is also a Swifty and connected her with Nathan, who was a who worked with like. I don't remember the musical side, the music side of things like with Ticketmaster, I think, and stuff. Mm. And so he has more of the business perspective on her, but is also a huge Swifty. So it's been fun. They go through each album and kind of have um, th- it's fun. It's a good podcast. And I'm also excited because, like you mentioned, Holy Swift, I think next week we'll be doing a crossover with them in honor of the fearless release oh that's gonna be fun yeah we I actually know. we actually met them um, <laughs> for like a hot quick second they they recognized us from like a photo we put on our instagram or i think it was our jackets yeah, that we yeah. did for our reputation dallas yeah. um and they're like hey it's swiftish and we're like yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're like oh holy swift i'm like oh competition yeah. and we kind of had like a hey hi okay bye <laughs> No, going it'll on. be fun. It'll be it's fun be to fun. talk to them. So there yeah. will be an episode on their channel and on ours. And um, not exactly quite sure what it'll look like, but Mm-mm. it's coming our way. Um, but the news this week, I um, I thought we had nothing, and then Taylor Swift released something literally twenty minutes ago. Did you see it? No, I didn't. <gasps> see it. Okay. Oh my gosh! Can I explain why I didn't see it? Oh, because okay. I know. <laughs> It's okay. You don't we, have to. <laughs> no, I know that we, because usually I'm on pulse with this. I yeah, have yeah. been researching. Well, first of all, we're doing Marjorie this week. Mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm, yes. So tell me why I was researching Dorothea. <laughs> 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 like going in Dorothea and then like 15 minutes. I'm not even kidding. 15 minutes before we were going to record uh. is like. Uh, why my Mar- Marjorie sounds familiar I'm like oh crap Marjorie so I was just like going into like Marjorie so tell me you guys this is like this is the this news is a I... real moment for you this is what big. is it this no, is April like joke. this is exactly the kind of Taylor Swift stuff you love so she released a um let me pull up my Instagram oh. so I can tell you in real I'm not life. gonna open my Instagram because I want it to come from you <laughs> so you get my pure reaction well no so she released this post that said the vault door is about to be as unhinged as you'll think i am after you watch this video level expert happy decoding and it's just like this really weird video of like um word scramble and a song that's being played backwards and so honestly i was surprised because i this happened 15 20 minutes before we were supposed to podcast and i was like there's no way i'm going to decode this before we're doing this, but Swifties work fast. Uh, okay. I think there's like two brands of Swifty. One like me, which is just like dumb and waits for smarter Swifties to <laughs> figure things out. And you, jobs, you kids. who would have, yeah, if you had seen this, I'm sure you would have been on the other side, which is these clever Swifties who are like, boom, done. Here you go. Problem solved. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like a nonsense video that at first I was like, are these like acronyms for out for track songs or what but it looks like it is um like word scrambles and each word is a different um part of a song that'll be featured because like there's if you unscramble the words there's something that says like you all over 
me featuring Marin Morris. And so some of the other words are bye, bye, baby, when, like that's where these sort of things. But there's also another featuring and Keith Urban. So he'll be on on. one of the tracks. Will he be backup or will he (laughs) have an actual lyric, like an actual line? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. I know. And so, again, like we talked about last week, I'm not versed in these unreleased tracks, so I don't really know any. But some people who are like, oh, okay, so we're getting We Were Happy and Mr. Perfectly Fine, which I guess are two song titles that are known to Swifties, (laughs) except for me. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm sure by now people on Twitter have really unpacked it. Um, Yeah. But yeah, she let us know what songs are coming. There's not an I'd lie, which makes me think people are right and it'll be on debut. Yeah. I mean, how <laughs> just keeping you not? updated on my I'd lie obsession. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm right there with you. A lot of people are like, it's going to be on the debut. It's going to be on the debut. So let's just, let's just say it's yeah. going to be on the debut. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. right now I'm just so, I'm looking at all of these anagrams okay i need to stop so bye fine you we me that's weird baby when happy <laughs> yeah. all you don't bye okay yeah. i don't know so I, I, i've got to get into this yeah so i think there's songs that people like i think they're in this like unreleased fault right and so she's mm-hmm. telling us which ones are on fearless i can't surmise like if every if she lists every song that's going to be a bonus track or if it's just like three or four because it doesn't seem like there's that many words but I, again, don't know the titles of these tracks. Just five more songs. So yeah. <laughs> if there's five titles that pop up, I'll have to look into it. I know. Uh, speaking, speaking of her unvaulted songs, you know, we got You All Over Me last week. And did you hear the process of what the drummer went, drummer went through to record his, his piece? No. Okay. So Eric Slick, he's the drummer. And this is some like CIA level stuff, you know, Swifty level. So John Lowe, he's a sound engineer. He worked on, I think, Evermore and Folklore. He reached out to him in February about playing on some songs. You know, <laughs> didn't say who, didn't say what, but Eric was like, I kind of had an inkling because then Aaron Dessner hopped on board and was like uh. telling him what kind of sound they wanted. They wanted an old <laughs> Nashville vibe. And so he was like, okay – I'm not going to ask. It could be for somebody else because these are two big hitters in the music world, but I think it's Taylor Swift. So he got a disc, a super private disc that was passport, password protected. <laughs> and on the disc was a song that was password protected. <laughs> and on this, he said that uh, the song had vocals on it, but the vocals were muffled. So he had no idea. Like <laughs> he had no idea what he was going to be playing on. And the pitch was very low and kind of unrecognizable. And he had to like, basically they wanted him to play drums for a full song he hadn't even really like heard. He didn't have an idea of where the swallop was going to be. And so he said he had to forge an emotional connection with a song that he knew nothing about. He says uh, there are some drummers who are songwriters and they tend to kind of really lean on the vocals of like when to, you know, crescendo, when to have that big pop. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of had to imagine like, okay, if I was a singer, this is when – you know, this is when this would happen. Here's where the crash is going to happen. He's like, I think that's what I would do, even though he had no idea where that would happen. And right. um, sadly, you know, he has an NDA, so we don't know if he's going to be working on any other Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> but 
John Lowe did say playing on some songs, so mm. multiple songs. But I thought that was just really interesting, especially in a digital world and a remote world, how how this goes about because they don't want him to tell anybody. And even if he did sign an NDA, like they didn't. They didn't want right. any word to get out. They didn't want anything to accidentally leak. So they muffled everything. They're like, I think he can figure it out just based off of like this weird yeah. pitching sound. But I, I don't know. I was just like, I'm just amazed yeah. at everyone's uh, professionalism and just their create how creative they are. Because I could not oh, do yeah. that. Well, because Taylor's always been paranoid. It's like how she does her music videos with the click sound instead of any music. <laughs> I good for her. I like she it. knows her worth and she knows that people would you know, sell and say anything they want. So um, Mm -hmm. it is funny to see how she problem solves that issue. (laughs) Next up, it'll be a a locked case with a security guard and a gun attached to it. It's like, don't. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to like, you have 12 hours. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can't get out. Actually, you're here until the album actually releases. (laughs) No cell phone. It's going to be like bachelor style. Like you are just quarantined away. No access to yeah. anything. <laughs> Hope you said goodbye. Um, I have also been following Olivia Rodrigo's like career mm-hmm. closely ever since driver's license released driver's last. License. That was this year. It was this yeah, year. Yeah, that was this year. Um, and I love that song. I love it, obviously. And she just released a song called Deja Vu, which is equally as good. And it makes me really mm-hmm. excited because she's just a fun young songwriter and she's obsessed with taylor swift so <laughs> relatable a grandma yeah <laughs> or mom which one was a grandma or mom, mom? Which it would one? be, it mom. Would be okay. mom okay <laughs> we're not that old um but she is obviously gearing up for an album release and has talked about how much she loves taylor swift and ever since driver's license when driver's license was such a big deal taylor swift reached out to her to like um, congratulate her on the song and say she's excited to see what she does. And um, in interviews, Olivia's talked about how much she like loves Taylor and how this package Taylor sent was so important. She basically got like a swiftness package of like hand wrapped gifts and a ten page handwritten note from Taylor. Ten pages. And, yeah. <laughs> and Taylor sent her a ring that reminded her of the one she wore while she was working on Red. And it was like a three thousand dollar ring. <laughs> like, what would it be like to have so relatable, like a casual fan friend? Um, and so I'm. It's just exciting to see Olivia be someone who's getting a lot of attention right now, who clearly has respect and love for Taylor Swift, because I feel like artists usually are the ones who have stood up for Taylor, who are like, no, she writes her own songs. She's like this good. Mm-hmm. Like respect her. And so it's exciting that Olivia has been able to. As she says, she says, I feel so lucky that I was born at the right time to be able to look up to somebody like her. <laughs> Cute. Oh, like, Taylor, you're so old. I look up yeah. to you. <laughs> it's like, I was born <laughs> while you were making music. I mean, she is young. It's it's wild. I don't, I think she's 18, maybe. Like, she's, yeah, still she's super young. Well, for me, she's super young. And one thing that I like is she kind of, you know, she's putting a lot of her personal details, her dating life into that, which kind of gives the Swifties a little like thing to look into. Cause you're like, Oh, who did she date? Who's the blonde yeah. girl? Sabrina <laughs> Carpenter. Like there's a lot of like, um, Easter eggs in her songs yes. too, which kind of, which, you know, Taylor Swift is so great at connecting with her fans and connecting her unrelatable life <laughs> to relate to people who are like, common folks like us yes exactly. and that's what olivia's kind of doing too and i haven't listened to deja vu how would you oh, rate it fun. i love driver's license 
I'm like a 34-year-old woman and I'm like, I have my driver's license. I'm going to go drive by your house. How would you rate those those two? Which one's better? Oh, I mean, I guess driver's license is like like stronger, but it's also more of a ballad, whereas Deja Vu is more like, I mean, they're both pop songs, but Deja Vu is more like upbeat. And but Deja Vu does a lot of fun things. It feels like a really fresh song. Like um, the or the like music of it is just like a very different sound. Um, like it doesn't sound like a song I've heard before. And mm-hmm. it's fun. It's like oh, a good. clever. It's a clever idea. It's her singing about a boyfriend who now has a new girlfriend, and she's just like, "Do you have Deja Vu doing the same things with her you did with me that you told me were like my special thing type thing." So it's very like, it's very Taylor-esque, right? Like, obviously, I totally respect Olivia as her own songwriter. I don't think any, not that it's an insult to be the next Taylor Swift, but I think Olivia is striking her own ground, and that's, like, great and exciting Mm -hmm. to watch. But it is fun to see someone kind of capture what was fun about getting into Taylor's music early on, which was this decoding and this, like, willingness to air your dirty laundry almost in a really real and authentic and way other so. people's dirty laundry too yeah like that's you're like oh i love I'm, it i love I'm a petty song that guy again. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like telling all of his tricks to the whole world so that he can never play him again i just it's delightful um but that's all the taylor news i had did you have anything else I mean, the only thing that I had that fans are speculating over, and maybe we'll find out when she releases the vault songs, is that floating word. She's been oh, using yes. floating around a lot. Like, th- the fans are the reason we're floating. And if you guys have seen um, that that Facebook ad, it said we're floating on a balcony. She also had said uh, when she was doing the long pong sessions, long pong, long pong sessions, that <laughs> um, making music was a flotation device. So she's been throwing mm. out flotation, floating a, a bit. And, you know, people are wondering like, okay, is this from a vault song? Because what to wear, which probably isn't, if we look at the acronyms, what to wear is an old song that she wrote and she – and she, one of the things says, and you should see her. She's got magic floating through the air. But I don't think that's it. I feel like it has to be, if, if it's going to be something, you know, one is a, one is like a, don't even think about it. Use it two times, use it three times. In Taylor Swift's world, you're kind of like, is that going to mean anything? Or are we just going to be clowns putting on our makeup? Yeah. So that's the only <laughs> other thing that I think, you know, we've been gone for like three months, three, four months, and we haven't really dived in and I saw someone post about that today and I was like hmm. I know I feel like people have thought it is like the third trilogy album theory mm-hmm. I just I still don't buy that I feel like she likes folklore and evermore as sister albums and not triplets <laughs> but I could <laughs> be brother. proven wrong yeah because mm-hmm. <laughs> I just um I don't know but it is weird to see that like it, I saw that once Taylor Nation, I think, used floating too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. it is kind of weird, but I also feel like it'd be weird for her to highlight just one lyric from one vault song. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, well, why is that one so important? So mm-hmm. then I was like, well, maybe it's something to do with like, there's theories that she still has a deal with Disney Plus. And so maybe she'll do like a, a Journey to Fearless redo where she does the remaking the re-recordings sort of documentary i know i know swifties just make stuff up 
I don't even know where the theory, I don't know where they have proof that Disney Plus had a two film deal with Taylor. So hmm. it's like, I don't know either. I don't know. But floating, yeah. I mean, who who knows where that will take us? But I'm sure it'll be a wonderful experience. Um, but I'm excited. This episode, we get to do our first Evermore track. We haven't we yes. haven't gotten to break one down yet. We, we haven't. Yeah, and we this this was our first um, shuffle. You put yeah. it on shuffle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the last time we talked about Evermore, obviously, was we did our crossover with P.S. You're Wrong, my other podcast with Matt. Um, and then when we first came back a couple weeks ago, we talked about how our feelings have changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is Evermore. We're covering Marjorie, which is the track 13. Well, so to set things up, we're on tr- album nine of Taylor Swift's career. Evermore came out really fast after Folklore, which has led everyone to think maybe there's a third one coming floating or whatever (laughs) but (laughs) it came out in December and um we were kind of so so on it but I will say I I've always loved Marjorie Marjorie's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. songs and um it ended up in my top 10 of her my rankings list and it's like honestly I I really don't think it'll ever be dethroned because it's I find it to be one of her best songs and I'm excited to kind of break it down with you. Um, it's definitely not one of her more, like it only de- it debuted at like 75 on Hot 100 and it hasn't like necessarily taken the public by storm by any means. But a lot of critics cited this song in their reviews for the album. Um, there's a lot of articles about just this song in particular. Even Matt, who doesn't like Taylor Swift, likes this song and like has listened to it since, which is a huge win for any <laughs> anyone who's aware of his feelings on Taylor. Um, but yeah, what were your reactions to this song when you first heard it? It was just really sweet and like really brought a tear to my eye because then I, what I what I was doing around that time was watching all of the lyric videos so I can like mm-hmm. watch lyric videos, listen to song and read them as I go. And the lyric video is the sweetest thing. I actually just watched it like 15, 20 minutes ago and I was like teary-eyed because it's pictures of her her grandma, it's videos of her grandma going or like in ruins, like on vacation, mm-hmm. exploring ruins, holding her as a baby, holding her her mom as a baby, you know, like running to the car, very Jackie O in her mm-hmm. her outfits and singing to her. Yeah. And it's just it's just really playing piano with her when she's a little kid, just all these montages. And it's just really, really sweet. And it's mm-hmm. it kind of like that nostalgia and that that longing for someone that means so much in your life, but you like yeah. they're gone and you have yeah. to keep them alive through any way possible. And one thing that I thought was so great was, um, you know, she's kind of living her grandma's dream. Her grandma mm-hmm. was an opera singer, like really like local, nothing huge, you know, had some mid-fame in Cuba. But it's just really sweet. And some of the lyrics really line up with how she's living her grandma's dream. Yeah. And it's just – and I like that, you know, the 13th – track on folklore is about her grandpa dean and then the 13th track on this is her her mar her marjorie yeah. her grandma and it really kind of tells you like it shows like a growth with her it's not that breakup song it's not like anything that gut punch you it's really like her roots and what's mm-hmm. important to her now and mm-hmm. it's you know that p- those two people are so pivotal in her life especially her grandma yeah oh. 
No, I love it. I think it's interesting that with folklore and evermore, she talked a lot about this like dreamscape and, and what she did with her time in quarantine, which was writing two hit records, but also just thinking about, you know, life, where she came from, who she is. And it's, mm-hmm. it's really powerful that that led to not one, but two reflections on her, um, family history. And, um, so Epiphany was about her dad's dad and then Marjorie is her mom's mom. And um, like you said, it's track 13. It was produced by Aaron Dessner. And um, it really does give this like insight similarly to The Last Great American Dynasty, which was about this true story of this woman that history has forgotten. And here she gets to kind of give the same treatment to another woman who had to like let go of some dreams or, or never really fully realized some of her aspirations but still left this indelible mark on her granddaughter who who lived out those dreams and I think that has made it such an interesting powerful song it's like the parallelism to to Taylor's life and what Marjorie could have wanted possibly and just how it all intertwines in this really beautiful like testament to the power of family and relationships and however those those come in your life and however long they last um, some of the yeah, reviews it makes you wonder oh, too. Yeah. So, like, she was 13 when her grandma pa- passed away. You know, just like yeah. a few years before they moved to Nashville, before she signed that record record deal, before you know her career started taking off. And it it makes you wonder, like, Taylor could have just had this raw natural t- talent, but her mom, who grew up with her grandma, having these dreams, wanting these aspirations, always singing. Like it makes you wonder like if it was that domino effect, like Mm. Andrea saw her mom's talent, what she wanted to do, but just like for some reason just couldn't, couldn't do that. And was really like, Hey, like my daughter has this talent that my, my mom has, has this ambition, you know? And if it wasn't for her grandma, Marjorie, maybe she wouldn't be where she was. Like if Marjorie didn't live the life she did and have the talents that she did, maybe she, Maybe Taylor would have just, you know, been in some high school musicals and maybe just uh, like a power rock in the marketing world. Mm-hmm. Like it's just interesting to see how certain people's talents and aspirations will affect you like down mm-hmm. the generations. Right. Yeah, no, that's interesting because it's like it takes a lot for <laughs> you to believe your child is capable enough to move your whole family across the country and like yeah. try something like that. Right. Uh, I can't imagine, can't relate, but <laughs> um, Me either. Yeah, some of the reviews talk a lot about this, uh, the emotion behind it. Variety says it features lines that will leave a dry eye only in houses that have never known death. Um, the AV Club lauded it for its heart wrenching lyricism and the anguish production, named it one of her best songs to date. And, um, in and me said it effectively depicts the grief and the complex guilt that is tied with it. And Rolling Stone dubbed it the centerpiece of Evermore, a brilliant and devastating piece of songcraft, an instant classic mm-hmm. in the Swift canon. And even Rob Sheffield went on to write an entire piece just about this song alone. And he called it a new peak for her as a storyteller. And I'm curious, like I, I agree. (laughs) Do you feel like this is like, this is top work for Taylor? I think it's such great work and she's really like pulling from her, her life and her own experiences in a different way. Mm -hmm. I I, I love this song. It's not a song that I listen to daily, 
But it's mm-hmm. definitely a song that I'm like, oh, why haven't I listened to that song? And it just it really mm-hmm. just draws up a lot of emotion. Like I, I, there was that review that says that said that if you haven't experienced loss, it's you know you're the only one with a dry eye. I haven't like yeah. lost any of my grandparents, any of my any siblings, like anyone really, really, yeah. really close to me. But I get teary eyed because it just like draws those emotions yeah. out. I, I know. Like I'm excited to get into these lyrics. Um, I am reading this week. Yeah. Um, oh, and we also have to say that when you watch the music video, if you listen really, really closely, you hear mm, her grandma singing. She's actually credited yes. at the very end of the music video for backup. Well, vocals. she's in the she's oh, yeah. in the track too. The track too. Sorry, I was I just listened yeah. to the music video right now. So she's on oh, track. Yeah. Like she's singing with <laughs> yeah. her grandma. Like, I know. It's who's so passed sweet away. Like she's keeping her memory alive through like every aspect possible. Like we've always heard. Like yeah. oh yeah. Taylor's grandma was an opera singer. Taylor's grandma was an opera singer. There's that photo of her when she's super young where like, oh, they look so much alike. Oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sorry. I know. It's really cool because I think she she just sent those like old tracks of her grandma singing to Aaron to see like, is there a way to work these in? And so it's just kind of that background vocalization at the towards the end of the song and it is just like a really haunting detail and it's and it's bittersweet because yeah it's sad that that it is just a haunting like that she's not here but it's also like a dream fulfilled for Marjorie to have this moment right to be part Mm -hmm. of this sort of something bigger than she could have even dreamed um so Let's get into these lyrics and and see what the the lessons are from Marjorie. Uh, the verse is, never be so kind, you forget to be clever. Never be so clever, you forget to be kind. Um, and it goes into the chorus, well, the pre-chorus chorus. And if I didn't know better, I'd think you were talking to me now. If I didn't know better, I'd think you were still around. What died didn't stay dead. What died didn't stay dead. You're alive. You're alive in my head. What died didn't stay dead. What died didn't stay dead. You're alive, so alive. And it's just like, I just like, when I first, when I was listening to Evermore for the first time, I really wasn't vibing with a lot of it. I felt like I liked some of the songs, like I love Champagne Problems. Nobody, No Crime was like fun and country, but everything else was just kind of like, I, I wasn't captured by anything. And then mm-hmm. this starts and it's just like such a beautiful orchestration. It's really like, I don't, I don't know how to describe music, but there's like that thrumming energy. It's just like very gentle and it just pulls you in like really slowly with how she kind of talks, sings at the beginning with her, with this um, message of like, never be so kind, you forget to be clever. And you're just like really, it's a very soft song. And I think it echoes how Taylor feels about the subject, which is mm-hmm. she's a grown woman now. She's thinking back on her past she's she's sitting in her own you know talent in this life she that turned out so differently than even she could have imagined at any stage where she's now in a quiet relationship living it wherever she is like keeping things on the dl and reflecting on all of her past trauma like that we've gotten in other songs like mirror ball and all these songs about like long story short like what i could have done what i should have learned and here she's like oh let's like sit down with my grandma and like remember the lesson she taught me Mm -hmm. and I think that's just like a really one a very poignant lesson and a really clever play of lines there but Mm -hmm. also just a really clean way to bring us in and then 
and then let us feel what she lost in in having someone who was so wise and who had such insight kind of disappear before she was ready. Yeah, and before she was old enough to really appreciate her grandma's and her grandma's experiences, her grandma's words of advice, like mm-hmm. those tiny little like instances where you look back and you're like, oh, I wish I would have yeah. I I would have done this. I wish I would have paid more attention. Yeah. And I think Taylor did mention on like the Evermore release, I think, when she was in the YouTube like Q&A, that this was one of her favorite lyrics on the album is the never be so kind, you forget to be clever and never be so clever, you forget to be kind. And it's interesting because like we talk a lot about Taylor Swift's career and and missteps or or you know <laughs> just uh, follies that came on her Learning path opportunities yeah and just like you can see how she has kind of always been kind and in Miss Americana she talks about how she was maybe always too nice and too worried about mm-hmm. being too kind and so to have her be able to like pick herself up and be like okay yeah I I should always be kind but I also need to remember to be clever and like there needs to be this balance here Mm-hmm. And I and I like that and how she kind of carries it into the chorus of this idea that, okay, you're alive, even though you're not. And like, what does that mean? Because mm-hmm. then she goes into verse two, never be so polite, you forget your power, never wield such power, you forget to be polite, which again is <laughs> really good advice. <laughs> I was, I was glad to have it. Um, she goes into the pre-chorus again and the chorus where she sings if I didn't know better I'd think you were listening to me now if I didn't know better I'd think you were still around what died didn't stay dead what died didn't stay dead you're alive you're alive in my head what died didn't stay dead what died didn't stay dead you're alive so alive Mm. and I think it's like clever too because with folklore she talks a lot about how you know that's our love is passed on like a folk song and I think Mm -hmm. that's mirrored here where she again is utilizing the importance of memory the importance of storytelling the importance of passing down lessons and people and stories so that they remain alive and I think that's a really poignant um reminder of like what she's trying to accomplish with the idea of folklore in general yeah and you know this song is like it's very simple. Like, you know, it's it's not mm-hmm. a, it's not too long of a song. We're not going to be, you know, on here forever, yeah. like, you know, diving into like these Easter eggs or this or that. But it's yeah. just very simple to the point, lessons learned. And it just – and I think that's just the music the, – the beauty behind the song. And it's not too complicated, but everything behind it, the – like you were saying, the production, the – the way she sings the bridge is one of my favorites it's it's i don't know how you and i can't even talk right now because it's just such a great <laughs> song and it's just so simple but yeah. there's not too much to it it's just like an overall yeah. you know respect your elders learn from your grandma <laughs> grandpa learn from those around you um yeah. Yeah. One thing that I I was thinking of when you were talking about this is, you know, you're still alive in my head and I, when I go home, I'm like, my grandparents are still alive, but Every single time I go home, I my mom's always talking about her grandma, her grandpa, stories about them. And it's just, you know, so important to keep those memories alive. And mm-hmm. it's like you just learn from 
their mistakes, their lives. You're in awe of like everything they went through and, you know, that you're here telling their story. Yeah. And I feel like um, I really like this lesson, like this idea, never be so polite you forget your power. Mm -hmm. Because again, I think as women, we're often told like, you know, be nice, like, oh, just like, don't draw attention to yourself if you don't Mm -hmm. want to be hurt type thing. And I think it's really powerful to see this coming from Taylor Swift um, because, again, it's a lesson we've seen her learn and a lesson we've seen her put into action. And I think it's one that we can all be stronger for, like remembering that. But it's also great looking at Marjorie's life herself and like and imagine how she did that, like as a young woman, like living in a totally different time period. And she's still like, yeah, she was in Cuba. She was in, she managed to like claw her way into a, she was like hosting a TV show down there. And it was like, she's like, yeah, I knew I was just the straight man to this funnier, like Hispanic man. And I was just the dumb white blonde type thing. Who had bad and Spanish. And that's why they put her on. (laughs) Because I thought it was funny. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, it's interesting to see how that strength in like generational strength of a woman who can, who can make her life like that in a time when it was harder for women to be taken seriously. Um, And just kind of imagining like seeing the benefit that comes with growing up with examples like that in your life and how Mm -hmm. not only Andrea is, but now Taylor is. And I think obviously this song is personal, but the fact that she is not only sharing like how she feels about her grandma, but what her grandma shared with her is a very vulnerable place for a pop star to go. Um, And it gets even more personal with the uh, bridge, which is beautiful. She mm-hmm. sings, the autumn chill that wakes me up. You loved the amber skies so much. Long limbs and frozen swims. You'd always go past where our feet could touch. And I complained the whole way there, the car ride back and up the stairs. I should have asked you questions. I should have asked you how to be. Asked you to write it down for me. Should have kept every grocery store receipt because every scrap of you would be taken from me. Watched as you signed your name, Marjorie. All your clauses of backlog dreams and how you left them all to me. It's <laughs> like a punch to the gut uh, it is it really is and one one of the one line that i love the most is should have kept every grocery grocery receipt because every scrap of you would be taken from me it's just so like a slap in the face like oh my gosh like I, like it's not like people took it from her it's just that like mm-hmm. time took it from her yeah Ugh. and i love I what mean, you were saying um earlier when you were talking about like how your parents talk about their parents and like I think what's interesting is it takes time for us as kids to like appreciate it because I would like always roll my eyes at like some mm-hmm. wandering story down memory lane. Yeah. But now I'm in a place where I'm like, wow, yeah, what was that like? Like, what was it like growing up then? What was it like? What were they like? And there is this like thirst that comes with age that you just don't have when you're a kid. And that's why this bridge is so heartbreaking because. She's remembering all these chances she had to learn at her grandmother's knee, but she just like abandoned them to to run upstairs to complain about the long drive to like to miss out on something she didn't know she'd be she'd be missing, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, seventy five. I mean, that that that's old, but that's like that's not too old. So she lost her yeah. mom, her grandma, at like a, such a young age, and 
it's so bittersweet that she's not able to she wasn't able to really see Taylor Swift's success and the last line all of your closets of backlog dreams and how you left them all to me yeah. all that just like a tear-wrenching line because we know what we know of her, her grandma is that she she had dreams just like Taylor mm-hmm. she wanted to make it big or she wanted to be in the public eye and then you know she just passed them on to Taylor yeah kind of like that those folklore Mm-hmm. The stories that you had mentioned early, early. Yeah, I think it's just like it's so beautiful because, mm-hmm. yeah, even just that idea of she had to hang up her dreams, like to be a mother, to be a wife, like to live in the world that she'd been given, and she couldn't like do anything except pack them away with care and hope like someone remembered them. And then here comes Taylor Allison Swift, who manages to become a global superstar. And even in all that like glitz and glamour, she's able to take a step back and mm-hmm. and look at what her grandma did leave her and and honor that in such a such a unique and and really just vulnerable song. I feel like in a way, her grandma's like sacrifices, how whatever they may be, really did benefit Taylor. And you, I think she, I think she, she knows that, and she's seeing that, like, you know, talking to her mom, having her, you know, she wherever Marjorie went, so she went to Cuba after she got married for her husband's job. So she was making all these sacrifices, putting her career aside, going with her husband, taking care of her kids. But wherever mm-hmm. she went, she was kind of like doing what she wanted to do. You know, she mm-hmm. was still, you know, making, making music, being doing what she loved, but that was kind of on the back burner of raising her kids and, you know, putting her husband's career first. And so all these sacrifices that she's made in the long run, I think really benefited Taylor. Like if Marjorie had been as such a success when she, and back in like the forties, would Taylor be such a success now? We might know her name, but she might just be another famous person's relative who can Mm. sing, but no one takes it really seriously. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And all the what ifs. Yeah. And I think it's like this bridge also serves a purpose of like showing how, you know, ballsy her grandma was with something as simple as this idea that, that she'd, she'd swim off further than anyone. And she just kept going mm-hmm. and like reaching for something. And, and I, it's I just, that. I, I didn't know. think of that until <laughs> now. You opened my eyes with all of these lyrics. I'm always dumbfounded by like these things that you from just one simple line. And you like, I just read too much into it. But I think it's just. I mean, first of all, it's a beautiful image that Taylor manages to describe with this idea of of this autumn chill. These these long limbs, like just something like that, where it is like, yes, they're both these beautiful, tall women. And I just feel like she really hones in on all her skills and her talents with this song because she is able to give those really specific details we always talk about. She's Mm -hmm. able to give those really memorable one-liners that we always praise. And this song is just a masterpiece in her own talent. And she's dedicating it to the person who came before her. And I just find that really moving. Um, And she goes into the chorus again. What died didn't stay dead. What died didn't stay dead. You're alive. You're alive in my head. 
what died didn't stay dead, what died didn't stay dead, you're alive, so alive. And if I didn't know better, I'd think you were singing to me now. If I didn't know better, I'd think you were still around. I know better, but I still feel you all around. I know better, but you're still around. And it's just like Aww. the way she sings, the 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 fact that this is where her grandma's voice comes in. Like it all just feels really emotional. And there's songs that you can feel the weight of them when Taylor sings. And I think this will always be one of them. Not because she's like, it, it's clearly not like the same emotional like piece as, as something like Soon You'll Get Better or Ronin where there's suffering involved. Um, but this instead is, is just that sort of somber regret, but also nostalgia. And it's just like, it's sad, but it's hopeful and it, and it's whimsical, but it's also like, oh, if only. And I think it's just mm-hmm. such an interesting emotion for Taylor to explore. And of course, she does it brilliantly. Mm-hmm. I love it. Such a relatable song, too, with people, you know, losing people from COVID or just from, you know, natural causes. It's just mm-hmm. no matter where you are, some point in your life, you're going to you're going to feel what she's feeling. Yeah. And just this idea of if I didn't know better, I think you were talking to me now. If I didn't know better, I think you were listening to me now. And then she gets to sing, if I didn't know better, I think you were singing to me now. And that's when you kind of hear her and you have this outro where she's like, okay, I know better, but you're still here, but you're still here. And I feel like that is also interesting because obviously, I mean, religion and faith is a totally personal journey and who knows where Taylor Swift is on that. She sort of sings about it with soon you'll get better too. But just this idea of like, we can't necessarily know what is next, like where people go, what is the the meaning of life, all these sort of things. But the way that Taylor's like, Taylor's God, at least in this song is music. She's trying to find sense of like, you know, the meaning, like, where is she? What, what can I do? How can I feel her? And it is through music. It is through this sort of connection to music that they shared, even though she's not technically here anymore, but just that hope and that wish and that pray that wherever she is, whatever that energy turned into, that it is something like real that she's feeling connected to. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's a, it's a really honest song for someone who, who can sometimes keep us at arm's length, even when she's singing about personal stuff. Like, obviously we have a lot of personal songs from Taylor, but there's something that just feels like she's still unsure here instead of giving us like, here's the, here's the next chapter. Like this beginning of the story, the middle, the end, this is all her in the moment trying to suss it out. But anyways, um, mm. final questions. Yes. Um, so let's see. Uh, the Taylor of it all. What do you think is the most Taylor Swift song, Taylor Swift lyric in this song? Should have kept every grocery store receipt because <laughs> yes. every scrap of you would have been taken for me. That's the Taylor of it all <laughs> I for know. me. <laughs> I know. Same here. I feel like it'd be hard to pick another one. I mean, there's great lines in this song, but something about that just feels very... It's just so specific, and that specificity is just, like, jaw-dropping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love how she's like, oh, just that, that the trash, the thing you would crumble up and just throw yeah. away. I wish I would have kept that because I have nothing left from you except for, like, yeah. your your 
backlog dreams, just yeah. to even see what you would buy at a grocery store would be insightful to me to get to know you better. It's- I know. <laughs> Chills. I just love it. <laughs> okay. Um, the Easter egg hunt. What's your favorite Easter egg around or in this song? It would be when she sings, I think you are singing to me now and how she incorporates her, her grandma's vocals into the background. Yes. Definitely. I love what that. about you? I find an interesting lyrical parallel that I don't think was intentional, but this echoing of what died didn't stay dead is the real mirroring to her most memorable line. And look what you made me do, which is honey, I rose up from the dead. I do it all the time. And just this mm-hmm. idea of, you know, Taylor can't be killed off. She is like here to stay. You can't, you can't destroy her. She's, she wants to be here, but then echoing it here where, where even this loss that should be permanent doesn't feel permanent for whatever reason. Like there's still something clinging to Taylor about her grandma. And I just think that's a fun kind of mirror there. Um, Final score. You're going to grade this an A. A all the way. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I gave it an A+. Plus. It's like, this is flawless, 100%. Here's some bonus credit, honestly. Uh, give me 10 more just like it. Give me more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, but is it making the set list? I don't know. It just really depends on what vibe she's going for her, for on her next tour. Because it yeah, could. it depends it's what floating is. Yeah. Yeah, what is floating? Like, it could be on the tour if it's a reputation type of tour uh, I don't really see it there if it's more yeah. of like a I don't know a fearless or speak now I can see it being like a medley it just all depends I don't know I don't know there's yeah, some songs where I'm I feel like, like yes no this is a ugh, yeah I don't know I feel like this is a no except I can see her tying in some of the lyrics of like yeah the chorus or the verses into some sort of Long mashup or something and Marjorie yeah. could be like yeah something yeah, she'll just do like a journey to cleansing where it's just like, here, you're just, you've been, you've transcended to another state and mm-hmm. this will be featured in it somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's Marjorie. I'm, I'm glad we got to start off Evermore with one of my favorites. Um, I, I promise I, I've, I've grown to love other ones too, but that was one that stood out. So I'm, it feels right that it's the <laughs> one we started with. <laughs> well, I'm glad. It just was like kismet, you know, just meant to be that this is, yes. you know, we first of all we're actually touching on evermore and then second of all it's one of your favorite songs on evermore so it's great yes. and if dorothea's next after <laughs> the, the, the shuffle then i'm all ready for it because i kept my notes <laughs> i did good for you so, no but next week we're doing fearless the re-release okay, is already here is in one week because we're recording on friday and then next friday april 9th is when taylor swift releases her re-records and I'm excited for – what are you most excited for when it comes to the Fearless album? I think – I mean, listening to new songs is always fun. But I there are some – I'm trying to remember now which ones are Fearless and which ones are Speak Now. Because um, there's some that I'm really excited for off of Fearless to just get her new vocals. Um, mm. Let's see. I mean, first of all, Fearless has a lot of good tracks, like – the title track is so fun. You obviously have 15. It'll be interesting to see how she does that. And mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with The Way I Loved You, which is sort of a forgotten one, I feel like. But I think it's one of her best narrative songs that she's done. Um, and I feel like a re-recording will like show how strong it is. So I think I am more excited to see how her old songs like 
turn out, like hold up, how they feel different or whatever, which ones stand out now. So that's what I'm looking forward to. What about you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to giving more life to her forgotten songs. Not her not her vaulted songs, but her forgotten mm-hmm. songs because a lot of people know the Taylor Swift now and a lot of people, 1989 people – know the Taylor Swift now and maybe they've gone back and they've listened to the old Taylor Swifts but you know all of like the the hip the hop mm-hmm. the the really big <laughs> singles hop. yeah hop, but it's Easter on Sunday I have to like yeah. get a little bunny hopping in there like I'm excited to really rediscover old Taylor Swift because oh, yeah. I'll be honest I don't really go back and listen to old Taylor Swift a lot because I'm more interested in like what she's doing now and you know listening between my true crime podcast I'm like oh mm-hmm. let's listen to Evermore and Folklore so I'm excited to really give a new fresh eyes on something so precious okay well moment of truth what track do you think will be your favorite do you think it'll change from Fearless or do you think it'll be Ooh. whatever is current okay like you I need to look yeah, up yeah pull it up I, because it kind of just <laughs> I all think meshes. I think I might end up because there's some songs that I just can't stand for different vocal reasons. Usually, I mean, like what? Like what? Uh, I mean, I don't want to say. I'll get canceled. Hey, Steven. <laughs> yeah, hey, Steven has always been a struggle for me. I don't know if she'll be able to save that. I think it'll be interesting to see her try because it's a very like twangy song. Yeah, but I think I'll love. I think I'll love the way I loved you, or tell me why. I feel like those two songs are going to be the ones that I really worship. <laughs> so I was a, I loved Forever and Always. So I'm really excited mm. for that Forever and Always. And yeah, and she'll course, do the slow version, which I think will be really powerful. Yes. So I'm really excited for, like, that's just like a tearjerker for me. And then, I don't know, probably, I, I mean, I, you belong with me because everyone knows it so so well. Like, will it be the same? Will it be, like, love story where, like, there's some different – I'm also excited to know if there's going to be any more, like, uh, any more seagulls, like, clawing out, you know, the sky. I'm excited for that, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can't believe it's finally here. It felt, like, so long since she announced it. Um, And it'll be fun to to do it with Holy Swift. So you guys should check them out if you haven't already. And – we're obviously on social media. We're at Swiftish Podcast on Instagram, at Swiftish Pod 13 on Twitter. And um, yeah, we'll be trying to come back with the two episode special in honor of the Fearless Taylor's version. Very excited about that. So until next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, we are just floating on air, <laughs> waiting for yes. Fearless to come out. <laughs> floating. floating. Emphasis on floating. <laughs>